You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program, created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs. Their free-to-join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at Bedford's camera today. Again, giving me the back room because they're an awesome sponsor. And if you need cameras or video stuff, you should definitely check them out. But my guest today is Brian Jackson, who has a very, very good candy store company called Woody Candy. The best time of year to eat amazing chocolates and veg out during Christmas and the holidays. Uh, Brian, thanks for coming down. Man. Mate, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So you're busy this year, right? This is we're, we're very season. busy. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. So, um, but you know, before we get into the candy stuff, uh, give everybody a little bit of a background about yourself and, and how you kind of come to owning a candy store. Excellent. So I was born in Oklahoma City and born and raised here, and um, went off to college and then joined the Navy and was a logistics officer in the Navy for about five years, four and a half-ish years, and um, got out of the Navy, went back for some more school, did did some other things professionally, and the opportunity presented itself to purchase Woody Candy Company about seven years ago. And my dad and I pulled the trigger on that, bought Woody Candy Company, and uh, retained the employees and, and the recipes. And, and I like to say that Woody Candy Company is... Um, it's a diamond in the rough that shouldn't be a diamond in the rough in Oklahoma anymore. And it's been around since 1927, and it's my job to not mess it up and be the uh, be the caretaker of it and, and try and nurture it and grow it a- into something bigger and better so that it's not that diamond in the rough, but it's, it's on the, you know, it's the first thing that everybody thinks about when yeah. they think, hey, I need to go get candy for any occasion. Yeah. So... So that's kind of where we are. That's awesome. So grew up in Oklahoma City, went to school in Oklahoma City, and then did you, we were chatting earlier before we started recording, you went to the University of Texas. I did. How was I, that experience? Uh, it, it was it was outstanding. I don't publicize that too terribly much <laughs> because uh, there's, you may have heard of this football game that takes place the second oh, yeah. Saturday of October every year. Um, but yeah, I, I went to the University of Texas. Um, my wife actually did as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't, it's, small world we didn't know each other in school we met um gosh it's been about four years ago now and it turns out that a bunch of her friends from college are are married to a bunch of guys that were you know i was fraternity brothers with and so it kind of made the getting to know each other process very very quick and easy easy yeah. yeah yeah and uh so it was it was great i i really enjoyed my time down there mm-hmm. and um what was Bedlam, not Bedlam, what was that game like going there as a Texas like university fan? 
I'm sure you've grown up in a house full of OU fans, right? Well, my parents went to Oklahoma State. Oh, okay. So we didn't. So it wasn't that big of a deal. So there, I guess. So, so there's not a lot of crimson and cream in our in okay, our family. Okay, so it made it a lot easier for you to go. Uh, but there's tons of high school classmates sure. that that went to OU, and they would and go down so, for the game and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so for me, every year it was kind of like a high school and, and just an Oklahoma reunion sure. of seeing friends that I hadn't seen. You know, if 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 our circles or our paths had not crossed in the, in the last year, yeah. it was a great, it's, it's always been a fun, um, just catch up time. Right. And the know. Texas state is wild, isn't it? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so piling up wax cups with, with mm-hmm. your favorite frosty beverage pre and post game and, yeah. and talking some smack and, yeah. and having fun. That was so awesome. it's always, and you know, it, it, win or lose, it's always a fun time. Right. Obviously, you want your team to team to win every time, but yeah. it's not always going to happen. Yeah. So Texas OSU was a much bigger game in your family then. It was. Which OSU probably didn't win in many of them. Did um, they, if any. It's. It, I've I've had a good string of <laughs> <Yeah>. luck there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been good on that side. Yeah. Uh, what did you study at Texas? For a while, I studied engineering, and uh, I, I ended up graduating with a degree in economics. Okay, so that's when then thought I'm going to graduate and go to the Navy and see the world. Uh, well, I graduated in in May of 2001. Okay, right about the time the tech bubble was really popping, mm-hmm. and uh, and things were not all that awesome. Right, and had some opportunities to do different things, and 9/11 happened, and. And right then, I I knew, yeah, I, I had I had considered joining the Navy when I was in the uh, in undergrad, uh-huh. and had actually gone through the entire application process, and all I had to do was put a stamp on the envelope, and it was it was off. Yeah, but I didn't put that stamp on the envelope because the pipeline that I wanted to go into was a ten year commitment. Well, I was twenty years old at the time, thinking, yeah, wow, that's a long time to commit, and so I didn't. I never, I never put the stamp on the envelope. Mm-hmm. And then September 11th happened, and that hit very, very close to home uh, on a couple, couple yeah. levels. Um, you know, my my oldest brother was in one of the different World Trade Center towers, not not Tower One or Tower Two, but Tower one. Seven. Okay. Um, and my other brother was in Washington D.C. and had driven past the Pentagon shortly before it got hit. Yeah. And so that was a that was a very close to home punch right and so i i knew that day that somehow some way i was going to join the military mm-hmm. and um it turns out i was one of many young people in in our generation right. that had the same feeling that day and uh so yeah there we go let's let's go yeah Team, team, team America, team, team here America. we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and I, I, I remembers where they were, and I was, I remember coming because I was back at home in the UK at that time, where we're six hours ahead. So I was coming home from school to about three thirty in the afternoon from coming from school, and I remember seeing it on, the, on the news and stuff, thinking, "Whoa, this is, this is crazy." I can't imagine what it was like being in the country. Game changer for yeah. sure, and being old enough to know what's going on as well. Right. Wow. And uh, fortunately. My brother, who's in Washington D.C., had a rental car, mm-hmm. 
because otherwise, I mean, rental cars were. Yeah. It, it, I would I would assume next to impossible to get. Sure. By noon that day. Yeah. And he already had a rental car, and so he drove up to New York City from from D.C. Picked up my oldest brother, and then they drove back to Oklahoma oh, just yeah. to you know, kind yeah. of clear their heads and yeah get, get some out of get it. some R and R and and yeah you know what a mad time isn't it? I can't Absolutely. imagine what your mum and dad were thinking, right? Like, I guess yeah. you're on the phone, like, where you know, are they okay? Get them on the phone quick. Well, yeah. my oldest brother, I mean, he he was working on I, some in, in like the 40 or 45th floor mm-hmm. of the building that he was on, and the story I got was that he he ran to the stairwell and left his wallet and his cell phone yeah. on his desk. Yeah. Well, that building fell down later that day. Wow. So his cell phone and his wallet were gone. Yeah. And lines of communication. Right. But no social media. Oh, there is, but it's not, you know, not what it is today. Lines of communication then were way different than they are now. And so... Yeah, I, that, that's a that's a mental headspace that I hope I'm never in um, from a yeah. from a parent's perspective. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So you're one of three then, one of three kids. I'm the youngest of three boys. Okay, so you get away with everything you want, and you're the typical younger brother. Well, oh, no, you did. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no. I would say I was the punching bag. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> I'm the older brother of my two, so I understand that as well. <laughs> Which I'm paying for it now because my brother's twice the size of me. That's awesome. So yeah. I'm going to join the Navy. You know, you send that, you put the stamp on, you send that envelope off, mm-hmm. and you, as well as many, many others, jumped right. into service. And, and how quick were you stationed and on, on ship? It took it took longer than I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't actually get the opportunity to go to officer candidate school until November of 2013. Okay. So, you know, two years later. Yeah. Um, and because you had a degree, you went in as an officer. And correct. Not, correct. You. And so I went in as a supply and logistics officer. Yeah. Um, my first choice was obviously to go be Maverick from Top oh, Gun. Of course. Why I mean, not? Who, yeah. could, who could want anything other yeah. than that? Get me to Arizona in the flight school. <laughs> yeah. And um, and the, the, the Navy at the time had more applicants than, the, than they could process, yeah. which is why it took so long for me to, to actually get into, right. get into the pipeline. And, um, I reported to my first ship in October of Oh four. Mm-hmm. And that was over just outside Tokyo, Japan. Um, yeah. and, and from, I guess from the beginning of training in November of Oh three, I was in training for yeah, a year. Yeah. Almost. Coming from back from like a the tech background and, and studying tech and that kind of stuff, did you was it natural to you to learn the logistics side? Was it quite an easy transition or was it totally different? No, no. It, my it, that's just the way my head thinks. Yeah. You know, just logical progression of, of logistics and gotcha. you know, that, that kind of worked in with the mechanical engineering arm and then, you know, sprinkle in economics degree on top of that sure. you know that the logistics and supply chain side of things it's and natural fit. yeah yeah kind of operations management type yeah. stuff so how long did you stay in the navy for then uh about four and a half years okay stayed and just popped all oh, started in japan and back and forth the states all around well yeah it was two years in japan and then i was stationed at what is now referred to as walter reed national military medical center i think is what they call it, okay. it back then i referred to it as uh, bethesda naval hospital okay. just outside washington dc in bethesda maryland and 
when I was when I was at uh, Bethesda. That was that was a very interesting tour of duty. The, it was, I was there about eighteen months, and my job I had I had a couple different jobs there. The first job was managing the maintenance of all medical equipment at Bethesda Naval Hospital, as well as. I can't remember if it was 18 or 19 clinics outside Bethesda to include like the old executive office building, the White House, the Pentagon, Camp David, uh, Air Force One, all the medical equipment that that accompanies all those facilities. And so that was that was quite an interesting job. Right. Um, And I, I had no idea how big of a job that was when they assigned me to it. But if you think of a major hospital and every piece of medical equipment that might be in that hospital to include IV pumps and x-ray machines and nuclear medicine cameras and, Mm -hmm. you know, all all kinds of everything, even the beds, you know, you got to do preventive maintenance on the beds, you know, and and everything that touches a patient has to have its proper maintenance done on it. And... It was a group of about seventy-five people that that I managed to do that, and um, and it was it was it was fascinating. And then the other job that I had was I was the food service officer on the hospital ship, the USNS Comfort. Okay. That ship was in the headlines again with COVID nineteen because that's the hospital ship that they sent to New York City. Okay. So if you saw that, that was docked. Yeah. Yeah, that enormous yeah. white ship with the red crosses on it. Gotcha. That's the USNS Comfort that went to New York City. Okay. And in the summer of two thousand seven, I was assigned as the food service officer on that ship, and we did a humanitarian aid mission down to Central and South America, mm-hmm. where we visited. I can't remember if it was twelve or thirteen different countries, and um, provided free medical aid to people in, I would say, the most desperate areas of those countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the exact list of all the countries that we went yeah. to, but it was. I, th- I think that deployment was referred to as the Partnership for Americas, okay, two thousand seven. And we went to Haiti, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Belize, Peru, um, Panama. I, I can't remember yeah, all right, right now. Coast, yeah. um, it went through the Panama Canal and went, you know, hit some uh-huh. some spots on both the east and the west side. What's it like going through the Panama Canal? It's wild because really? that that ship is. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it until the time, but there are. There are tanker ships that there's a couple different classes of tanker ships that are ones referred to as a Panamax, ones referred to as a Suez Max. Okay. So the Suez Max is the largest dimensions that will fit through the Suez Canal. Panamax is the largest okay. dimensions that will fit through the Panama Canal. Sure. And so the USNS Comfort, from what I understand, is an old oil tanker that was, or tanker of some sort. Yeah. I don't want to say necessarily oil, but it was a, it was an old tanker yeah. ship that was, it's a Panamax-sized tanker that the U.S. government purchased at some point, yeah. I think in I think in the 80s, not real sure, sure, and converted it to a mobile hospital ship in the event that they needed a hospital at a war zone somewhere around the world. Mm. So there's the USNS Comfort that's stationed on the East Coast. The USNS Mercy is an identical ship that's stationed on the West Coast so that you've got the the capability of sending a ship 
either either direction. Yeah. And the 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 capabilities of those ships are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I, th- I it's been a little while, but I think there were something like twelve or thirteen operating rooms, wow, and um, CAT scan capabilities, and literally a mobile hospital, floating hospital. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and 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 bed capacity was enormous. Yeah, I don't remember all the all the particulars on on that, but yeah. the bed capacity was, I would say, it, it was easily several hundred. I don't know if it got to a thousand or not, but yeah. it was it was. It was big, right? You know, and and if you think about it from a military perspective, they're thinking about mass casualty evacuation yeah. of like a beach landing. You know, if right. you think if you think D Day type stuff, mm-hmm. hey, we need to have a hospital parked, yeah, thirty miles away that helicopters can just shuttle wounded soldiers to. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's kind of the 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 niche it was filling. Gotcha. And I thought it was excellent that they mobilized it for. COVID and took it to New York City right. and alleviated some of the strain on the medical system up there. Yeah. And I was, at the time, I was texting back and forth with some of the friends that I had from, from that deployment in 07, saying, hey, I'd, I'd go there this very second and, yeah. and help out if I could. If needed, yeah. 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 Um, you know, and, and, and as the food service officer, it was wild because the 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 kitchen on that ship was, you know, we, we were geared up to be able to produce huge volumes of food very quickly. Right. And, and it's a big operation in itself to feed that many people. Oh, it was. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, this room that we're sitting in, I would guess it's what, 15 feet wide by about 20, 25 feet yeah. long, somewhere in that neighborhood. And this is about the size of just our fresh fruits and vegetable refrigerator. Yeah. And you know, and and yeah. we're and we're in a room with probably ten foot ceilings, and this is about about, about the same dimensions as our fresh fruit and vegetable refrigerator. Yeah. Next to it was the milk and egg refrigerator. The freezer was, I think it was about four thousand square feet. Yeah. And then wow. the then the dry goods storage room was probably six thousand square feet. Yeah. And you can fit a lot of rice and beans in six thousand square feet. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it, you could, yeah, you yeah. could feed a lot of people with that. A lot of frozen hamburger meat and a lot of rice and beans. It's <laughs> nothing like military food, is it? Wow. Yeah. It's the cream of the crop. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Buying it yeah, huge in bulk and storing it in bulk. That's, yeah. that's amazing. And going through the canal was just one experience going, you know, getting to do that. Oh, right? yeah. You know, well, and, and we transited the canal first from east to west, then okay. back from yeah. west to east. That was a mad experience, and that oh, was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. it takes a long time. I mean, the, the entire process through the canal, I want to say it was about a 12-hour process. Okay. It was, it was an all-day affair. Yeah. And you just, please get, you know, get through. It's no big deal. Don't hit anything. Don't hit anyone else. Right. <laughs> just get to the other right. side. Yeah. So, so the Navy's great. You had an awesome time, mm-hmm. you know, did a, did a bunch of different things. And then you get out after four and a bit years and think, I'm time, you know, someone wants something different. I'm going to go back to Oklahoma City. Well, no, then I, uh, I used the GI Bill and got an MBA mm-hmm. and concentrated on operations management, finance, okay. and accounting in, in business school. And then I got a job as a supply chain consultant for Deloitte Consulting mm-hmm. and did that for a few years. Yeah. And um, then the opportunity presented itself with Woody Candy. And I thought, you know, it, it would be 
it would be very cool to you know sure. be the guy calling the shots yeah or one of the guys calling the shots and so we uh, we had it, my family had been patrons of woody candy for very long time yeah my dad and uh, mr woody have known each other since the 70s so that's the connection then mm-hmm. through that okay. exactly yeah and so we um we you know went through the process of looking looking through everything mm-hmm. and obviously testing all the candy that we could possibly test oh, of course yeah and yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and send some of that out to to get verification that we weren't just punch drunk on it because we were thinking about buying it but yeah. hey is this is this really as, as good as we think it is because we think it's pretty darn good yeah and it is, it is really good <laughs> and uh, my uncle uh, my dad's one of his younger brothers is a uh, very well-known chef out in California okay and um, so we sent some candy out to him and we asked him, hey, do you know anybody who is like a master confectioner or knows a lot about making candy? And at the time, he had a couple folks working for him that were that had had worked at C's Candy for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'd been making candy at C's for, I, I think it was about 10 years a piece, 10 yeah. or 12 years a piece. And so they were very good. And, and my uncle is, is quite good as well. Mm-hmm. And so we sent some of the some of the product out to them, and they, you know, gave it five star reviews yeah. immediately, and and said, effectively said, hey, if you guys don't make a move on this, let us know because sight unseen, yeah. we will. Yeah, you know, you had something. Absolutely, at that point. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you've got when you when you've got folks out in San Diego saying we'll come to Oklahoma and make this happen. That's pretty, right. pretty, pretty strong endorsement, yeah. and so, and they also said, "Hey, if you don't mind, share what's what's the recipe for that English butter toffee?" And I was like, "Actually, I don't know. I can't help you there. Not gonna, not gonna yeah, copy that sorry. one for you. Yeah. Sorry, pard." Uh, so. so, so then it was, yeah, let's do this and, and yeah. go into it, and and so was it. Obviously, your dad's involved. You're involved. Any mm-hmm. of the other and your other brothers involved, or just you? No, two? they live. They both live down in Dallas. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And and they're they're both in the financial banking kind gotcha. of kind of world. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a family affair, though. My uh, my mom helps out. My aunt helps out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's cool to have that. I mean, you've had that connection, and dad's had that connection with Mr. Woody for a long time. So it's not like everybody sometimes thinks, oh, this corporation has come in and bought this company, and it's right. saying it's still Oklahoma made, but it's really not. I mean, you still have a family connection to these guys. And, oh, absolutely. And, you know, you make it, and obviously you have a family connection yourself with you and dad doing it as well, right. which is kind of nice. Well, and, and, and Mr. Woody still comes in and quality checks us every once in a while and gives us a hard time, and, yeah. and we get, we you know, we get dish it right back oh, to of him. of course, yeah. And, uh, and, and we've developed a few new products since since we took over mm-hmm. um, and got his thumbs up endorsement on those. Yeah. And, and like the, the sea salt almond clusters are one that, we, it's a recipe that we developed about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's, it's gone very well. And, and so, yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone, I mean, I've had the turtles, which are ridiculous. I love caramel and oh, just fudge is amazing too. The turtles I've had, the brittle is amazing as well that I've had. Uh, I haven't tried the fudge yet. Um, 
and there was another kind of like is it the candy cane what is it like the mint kind of white chocolate which one's that uh the the peppermint ice yes that one that's amazing too yeah um but obviously, I mean, Christmas, people eat candy, but it's not just for Christmas, right? It's, you're, you know, it's gifting right. all around the year. There's no better gift to give than Oklahoma-made candy. Exactly. So Yeah, and, and we're open year-round. Yeah. Uh, we've got our retail store, which is co-located with our factory, mm-hmm. and it's on Northwest 70th in between Western and Classen. Okay. The, the address is 922 Northwest 70th. Yeah. And uh, we've also got our website up all year long it's woodycandy.com mm-hmm. we tried to make that as straightforward and easy as possible oh yeah so thankfully that one wasn't taken you could exactly I didn't have to haggle with anybody about trying to buy the, the yeah. rights to woodycandy.com putting an OKC on the end of it just so you could get the website. right exactly yeah but so tell me about like more about like I guess the process of, of you know the ingredients and sourcing everything and making because it's I'm sure Mr. Woody loves natural ingredients. That's why everything was so good, right? Full of amazing, you know, real well, butter and, and sugar and all the rest. Exactly, of it. and 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 buying um, the highest quality ingredients that you can get your hands on. Mm-hmm. You know, like with with turtles, as you know, to take your example there. Yeah. Um, the pecans that you, that are available out on the market, there's a huge variety and grades of pecans that you can go buy. Yeah, and you can buy the cheapest ones that are out there that um, don't have as much flavor and are are not as high quality. And you know that's that's not the way we do it. Right. You know the way we do it, we we buy all you know our pecans from a uh, grower in Scheller up in the northeast part of the state. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's, he's part of the MIO Coalition as Who well. Who is it? Miller Pecan. Company. Oh, we've had him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The great, great family. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, and and we, we buy all our pecans from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being part of the MIO Coalition has really helped in, in that regard from a an ingredient sourcing yeah. and, and finding some of the some of the best stuff out there. Um and you know, and, and buying the the latest, most the, you know, the, the the freshest crop available, and and the best of the best of yeah. the, of that crop, and and making sure that um, that we're doing it, right? You know, not with hey, how's what's the cheapest way that we can get this done, but what's the best way that we can get this done? Yeah, what's how how do we make the best product out there? Yeah, and it's not just the chocolates, right? You guys do you have hard candy as well, and the fudge, and I mean, it's not just chocolate covered stuff like you guys do a lot of other stuff too we don't we don't make any hard candy anymore oh, okay um mr woody made hard candy for years and years gotcha. um but exited that business um yeah. after the north america free trade agreement mm-hmm. you know nafta was passed and yeah. and so there's what um stands out something that's to- like coming from logistics navy all that kind of stuff that you've grown up learning to running a candy what is there, obviously there's things that transpire and things that come over that are just natural mm-hmm. you know inventory and process and stuff like that is there anything that, that really stood out that was different that you had to tackle or just something that most people would not think is a big deal but to you guys was a big switch and a big thing like that um You know, from a from a day to day management and operations and process kinds of kind of perspective, there's not anything that really caught me off guard there. What what caught me off guard more than anything is the regulatory environment. Okay. Um, and the the auditing process and auditing requirements of 
you know, being in the food industry. Right. You know, because being in the food industry in the military, you're measured on are people getting sick on the ship because of gotcha. food that's yeah. not cooked and properly. And they're eating what's put in front of them because right. they have to eat. Right. There's, there's, yeah. there's one there's one breakfast yeah. available. There's no expectation know? there. Right. Is there. Yeah. Well, and and it's, you know, there's a recipe card that says you cook the eggs like this. Yes. And, yeah. and you follow that. And so there's a, there's a process following those recipes and providing sure. nutritious food so that people aren't, yeah. You know, it's over the rails and, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, calling dinosaurs or whatever. But, but in, in the commercial food industry compared to the military restaurant type mm-hmm. style environment, the, the, the regulatory and paperwork yeah. trail is, is, is so tremendously different. Um, yeah. So, that that caught me off guard. Yeah, I'm sure it's t- jumping through hoops and signing this and getting the right people in to do all that. You know, you've got to have a piece of paper that says that you've done this and you're allowed to do this. Well, and it, that's exactly true. And the the auditing mentality is, if you say you did something, mm-hmm. there's no proof that you did it unless there's a paper trail that says that you did it. Yeah. So, you know, we can go look at that doorknob and make sure, yeah, that doorknob is on that door. Yeah. But unless there's a checklist that says, yes, I checked that there's a doorknob on that door twice a day. <laughs> and it's been signed. Then, <laughs> and the audit checklist says, you have to make sure there's a doorknob on that door twice a day. Yeah. Well, if there's not a paper trail of checking it twice a day for the last year, then yeah. you're not doing it. Even though you can look over there and you can see <laughs> there's a doorknob on that door. Yeah. And so it, part of it has just gotten absurd. Right. But on the other hand, there is very good reason why a lot of the mm. the the requirements are in place yeah. and and I agree with a lot of them some of it just I think is yeah. is a little bit too far <laughs> Oh, so. I don't know how people live doing audits and stuff. It's a different kind of person that does audit life. It's I couldn't do it. I, I, I couldn't either. I would be a giant failure at it. I know that. Oh, that's fine. You, you go ahead. You do the yeah. thing. I trust you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I guess what is you, you know testing candy, eating candy? It's part of the job. Um, what what is your favorite? Um, and do you have seasonal ones as well that you can't wait to come around or kind of? We don't. We don't know? do too much in the seasonal okay. variety type of stuff. Um, I think you re- where you're going is what's your favorite candy to eat? Yeah, and I guess if it's all year round, then you have to worry about waiting right. for some. Right. Um, man, that's a tough one. The way I generally answer that is, well, what was the last one that I just? Yeah, tried the last one I tried. <laughs> yeah, the last one I was taste testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and our our English butter toffee, I think, is second to none. Okay, I um, that one yet. yeah. So yeah. I, I brought you a little. Something. Oh, awesome! Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so everyone can go to the website woodycandy.com. They can come by the store, which I'll put in the link in the description down below. Absolutely. Um, up until obviously the end of the year, you guys, you know, you're going to be open as much as possible. We're going to be open. We're open uh, ten to five Monday through Friday, and Saturday ten to two. Yeah. And we will shut down noon Christmas Eve. Okay. For, and we won't be open for the rest of the year. Oh, good for you. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And you mentioned earlier that you kept a lot of the people who usually. Work work there anyway right 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 until they love they used to our kitchen manager has been with us i think she was i think about 23 or 4 years now that's awesome that's really cool 
and they have that you know that, that team mentality that camaraderie of you know they do they do everyone knows who everyone is and it's and fun because everybody's giving each other a hard time all the time oh yeah we well, you know it's working that way well it's right it, when they're not giving each other a hard time that's when you worry something's up yeah, yeah. someone's not yeah. happy and something's up yeah mm-hmm. awesome well mate uh, thank you so much for coming down uh, obviously thanks to Made in Oklahoma for setting this up uh, and which you definitely a part of um, but yeah everyone listening I'll post the link to the website down below and on social media you can go to Woody Candy Company on Instagram and check that out but go buy if you want if you're stuck like I'm terrible at buying presents for my parents and my mom and everyone like that so if you need a present go to Woody Candy they'll box it and, you know fix it up for you It'll look amazing and you can send some Oklahoma made candy all I mean, you can send candy across the world, which is amazing. We do. I've done it. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program. Created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs, their free-to-join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.